Previously on Quest Friends. The shield keeps some things out. Mostly, we used it to keep dangerous weather from affecting the buildings and people inside. So I think it'll probably keep out the worst of the storm, but I don't really think there's anything to stop the constructs, the obsidian soldier things that Aegon makes from just walking through the shield if they land on the ground. Is there, is there any way to incorporate Red's blessings somehow into this shield? Somehow? I don't know. Yes, yes, you definitely could create something to sever the connection. The generator is... it, it won't work forever. They're going to find a way in. If you wanted to get up there without any of those things getting in, you need an army protecting this place while you're gone. We are going to come back because there is a concert that you're all invited to and it will be <laughs> after we return. So, you know, I was I was walking around and seeing all these people from various different locations collecting themselves into into small teams and I and I realized this is regionals. It's not rain. For many inside of the wheel, it sounds the same, even looks the same from a distance, but it feels unmistakably different. The light of the setting sun is gone, replaced by the shadow of the Apocrita and the beating light of the barrier holding it back. A torrent of spiders bombards the barrier, ineffectually bouncing off, but continuing to strike it with unyielding resolve. A few soldiers do make their way through, but each time a prism of light in the barrier ignites, and the soldiers hit the ground as nothing more than thin slates of obsidian glass. And yet, the Apocrita refuses to relent. Inside the barrier, the wheel's citizens, friends, and family wait. They prepare defenses, catch up with one another, and take care of any pressing matters they have to resolve. Because one way or another, the wheel will not be the same tomorrow. Bloosh! What was that sound effect? <laughs> there we go. With a few more dull kind of... More slates of glass hit the barrier and just fall into the water surrounding the beach on the sea-facing side of the Wheel of Boz. And as they do, a dog nose reaches down to them and just starts, starts sniffing by the water. And only after yelping as some bright technicolor crabs start pinching at his nose, FaZe bounces back up and sticks his head back in to the Red Mary. Awesome. I grip his collar and like eyes on the road, try to like maybe pick the last of the things off of his little face. Oh shoot, FaZe, sorry, sorry. I should have been paying better attention to you. Uh, I'm sorry. Roll up the window. Roll of the what? Window? I'll roll up the window. I'll roll it up. But, but, but I like head out, head out window. I get it. Head out window. 
I just, I look around, I really am not sure how much agency to give Faze. Because for a dog, I don't give them everything they want. But I'm going to respectfully, how about like window crack? So you can still smell and everything, but you know, window crack? Okay, fine, window crack, but, oh, but very big crack. Very yeah, big crack. Oh boy. <laughs> I rolled that window down a little bit. And you nestle phase is in the seat next to him. An old robot sticks his cane down in the Red Mary, and Horace takes his long legs and sets them up on the dash. That's, that's, sir, I'm, that's not going to work for me. This is a very spacious vehicle. You're right, Ed, and I know, and I definitely, okay. A real okay. marvel of technology. I know, I worked so hard. Could you tell Thank me you for more saying so. about it? Okay, so here's the thing, is that I definitely, like, went over the rules before we even, like, started at the vehicle, right? So you know that I specifically would prefer that you don't put your feet up, even though, as I went over, I've also updated the interior. I just think it's a matter of respect. Absolutely! And this walrus man, Jebediah Ishmael, pokes his head in. Wait, he doesn't have <laughs> Is he slopping wet flippers? Even better. <laughs> Absolutely not. He slides his slopping wet flippers over. <laughs> Rule number 35 of the Red Mary, as said by Hannah Lord Dunn. Yeah. No feet on the dash. Or flippers, I guess. Not like my flippers are firmly planted onto the back section here. Thank you very much. Good, great, thank you. It's good to know that you were listening. That's great. I just I press a button that evacuates like excess water and stuff for spillage and things that I have added since adventuring, and it just disappears. <laughs> and as it all slides out, you can just hear from the outside a dramatic monologue just going, Stay, stay, boy! I'm gonna fight that hill! I'm gonna stormbreaker! And there's a rev, rev, revving of cars behind you, as well as the stomping of this giant float of a man named Tommy Funbuck, which is piloted, uh, just so everyone knows, by Viv and Baby Jason. <laughs> So, Hanalore, you are on the C-Force. C-Force squad. So you have on the C-Force Captain Jebediah Ishmael, Viv and Baby Jason, who are in the Tommy Funbuck float, Jimmy Wynn, the Craves, which were those angry little crabs, Horus, Faze, and then the remainder of the Speedy Speed Boys. And for anyone listening or reading the transcript, I probably mentioned this last episode, but a reminder that we have an NPC list for each episode. And our NPC list for the last couple of episodes actually include the first episode where a character was introduced. So for example, for Viv and Baby Jason, it's gonna say the name of the roller coaster episode, which I just can't remember where that was. It was the one where Hop lied to Misha and we all got very upset about it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Not like the one with the roller coaster, the one where Hop lied to Misha. Rude. I'm glad. I was afraid you were going to say the one where Misha almost threw a hop off the roller coaster. No, <laughs> yeah, it was. That also happened. See, I didn't say that, but you now, you've put it on the record, Ari. Guilty oh conscience. Well, you can edit that out. I know you want now that I said it, but you could. The guilty flee when none pursueth. So each of you is has your own batch of NPCs, and Hanalore, you are in the Red Mary. This is your vehicle. It's like a Volkswagen bus, but it also works in the sea. 
And I know you freaking love this thing, so I want you to describe what the Red Mary looks like going into your final battle. Okay, so... When I welcomed everyone into the car. The three worst guests you could have. The three, I, th- I, I think I'm handling it fine. <laughs> I'm fine with the dog and the crabs are, as long as they're not doing anything, that's cool. <laughs> it's mostly Mr. Walrus, the captain himself, but <laughs> at least he's carefully paying attention to the rules. I have updated the uh, Red Mary's interior so that it has like that cool polyplastic stuff that dirt just slicks right off of it. (laughs) And then I have a a button that like collects it and then spits it out. I showed it off probably when I made it to like Alex and everybody pouring like an entire cup of coffee on the interior. Just like, no, no, it's fine. Watch. And then it all just goes away. And I think the way that we're going to begin is that I imagine that we're driving right now, right? Like I have these guys driving and their cars are driving behind me. Uh, You're not driving yet. The Speedy Speed Boys cars actually don't work in water. Some of them are big enough, like the one with monster truck wheels and jet skis between it actually works. Not because the wheels drive in water, but because they get the jet skis close enough to the water that the jet skis just power the rest of the car. (laughs) And the rest of them are, and I quote from Jimmy, so goddamn fucking fast, bro, like you wouldn't fucking believe. They glide over the shitting water like majestic bluebirds. Jimmy's not in my car, is he? No, Jimmy has Great. his own car. Right. But no, so they, they're all on the beach waiting for everything to start. Because at this point, it's just the rain and the soldiers are coming in, but they're not actually doing anything yet because they're being unlinked from the cloud as soon as they enter. So you're just kind of sitting. I assume you're probably in the water, but you're sitting at the edge of the beach. I, I'm about to go in. Okay, so Jimmy Wynn had this information to share with me. Like, I, I imagine I'm like, he's speaking to me through my roll down window as I'm like, parked on the beach next to him. Our cars are so fast. Okay, that's great. You won't believe what the speed is. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. The window's going back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I better reverse. No, yeah, really fast. And then I press a button that has an anchor on it. And then there's like a sound of a bell, like, boom. I floor it and the Red Mary charges into the water and starts to like transformer style, like things moving around. It almost looks like a Viking longship with a single post in the middle, mostly open to the air on the sides, but made of red and white, awesome steel. The sail is a giant tie-dye pattern with a cookie on it. And she assumes her form of the big Red Maria. And I just sort of cruise like hockey stop in the water and look at Jimmy Wynn. And I'm like, cool car though, dude. Really cool. (laughs) One last thing before I think we're in a good space to move on to the next person is as everything rises alongside the flag, your first mate rises alongside it and he just belts out. (laughs) What? What? Salad Raptor's there! Salad Raptor's there! And salad he's trying Raptor? to stop you with this little raptor here! Salad Raptor! And he's got this little salad bullet! Do I like <laughs> run the length of the ship and take Salad Raptor into my arms and like. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's tiny arms extended. It's salad bowl glistening in the daylight. And uh, if there's nothing else, Hannah Lord leaves it on the stereo system pumping Light of a Clear Blue Morning by Dolly Parton. And it's just like, it just explodes as I lift Salad Raptor into the air. For reference, Salad Raptor is a fucking Chuck E. Cheese animatronic from the Cookie 3. He's your first week. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to draw a skull and crossbones on his salad bowl. And as you set him down, you turn over and see Faze by the window, which is fully rolled down again. Oh, it's open to the air. It's like almost like a huge rowboat. You know what I mean? Oh, I see it. I see it. So in that case, you turn over and you see Faze at the very end, whose head is at this point just fully submerged underwater. Okay. 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 Good Next boy. to Good him, boy. you see Horace. <laughs> who has just leaned back even further. He's somehow done a man spread on the dash. <laughs> and then most horrifyingly of all, to the very left at the wheel of the Red Mary, you see the wet flippers of Jebediah Ishmael, who looks back to you and says, someone must always be at the wheel. Hanalore takes a full beat. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, of course, your captainess. Of course, someone has to be at the wheel. And that's me, man. I'm the helmsman. So you get out of there. Get right out of there right now. And I'll drive. I'm driving. And I just hip check the walrus out of the way. He can sit on a bench nearby. I mean, that's what he did during all of his arc anyway. hey <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. You should be very comfortable there. Can Salad Raptor serve hors d'oeuvres? He would be delighted. He serves hors d'oeuvres. Unfortunately, Jebediah is allergic. Horace doesn't eat, but Faze loves it all. Good boy. He's a good boy. He is a dog, so he does get very sick very quickly afterwards. Okay. (laughs) So while Faze is proving just how stain-proof the interior of the Red Mary is, we are going to move past the beach Up the steps, but not to Town Hall yet. We're actually going to focus on a little opened up house on the cliffside. This is Shock's house, which again has the ring of power inside of it and has been kind of somehow transformed up so that it's just open facing like a dollhouse now. Ig, you have this just long, gangly, both forceful and also kind of light body just slam into you and pick you five feet off the ground. My wonderful sibling Ig, the incredible Igneous Artista of Star, how wonderful it is to see you again. Oh, big brother! And Vespari sets you down and says, How were your adventures with your friends of Ig? Was everything all right? <laughs> you did not give driver Haney Lord too much difficulty, did you? After what I heard last time about the Miss Mary, I just want to make sure everything is all right. Oh, everything's absolutely fine. I didn't do anything to the Red Mary at all, ever. Just, um, nope. (laughs) Ig, and he sets you down and looks at you. Ig, what did we say about lying? That we should do it when we're in public so that people think we're doing stage magic when we're not. Vespari has just confronted who he was as a person and the things he said, and he's just struck for a moment. 
Well, yes, I did say that, but that was the words of the great Vespari, a con man and a really just terrible person. Now, the Vespari will tell you new, informed, good, good rules and manners. Isn't that right, my, my grisly friend? And he slaps the man next to him. And Rock Ryan just grunts and goes, What the hell are you talking to me like we're friends for? You got fossils for me? You got fossils for me? Then we'll talk. Ah, my friend, you need to articulate mm -hmm. a little bit. Give me fucking fossils or I'll fucking kill you! <laughs> and Vespa okay, just picked okay. up. Okay, that's, that's, that's nice, sir. Um, my brother does not have faux Fossils. Fossils. And this vine wraps around Rock Ryan and faces you, Ig, as a bright light goes to its end. And B just says, Rock Ryan really likes fossils. He would not die for fossils, but other people would die for his fossils. I don't want my brother to die for his fossils. Well, of course he wouldn't die for his fossils. He doesn't have any. <laughs> and Megan just laughs at her not joke. It wasn't a joke. It was just a statement of fact. Megan does not fear death. <laughs> she really does not. And none of your team really fears death because you have what I have dubbed Team Chaos. <laughs> Ig, on your squad, you've got Vespari, Rock Ryan, B, Megan, Sunny and Myra, and Sunny and Myra are, they're busy in the Ring of Power. They're doing stuff there. You've also got Fungi, who is very uncomfortable at this talk of fossils. And you can see he just covers up one of the little mushrooms on his head, which is related to an incident where he may have dipped a little bit of his head in the Ba'adenu forest bog and gotten just a little bit of a fossil mushroom up there. But finally, you've got someone who's not concerned with this fossil talk at all. You've got Unit 909, this little battle bot Roomba who is just frantically rushing from place to place inside of Horace's house. Notoriously the most cluttered place in all of the Wheel of Boz. And they're like, now this must go here, but if it goes here, then that cannot go there. And they bump into stuff and just go over to Rock Ryan. Are any of these considered fossils? I have not found a good place for them and therefore need to get rid of them. Um, I have a question. Is this robbing this house? Because I specifically promised that I wouldn't rob this house. Who did you promise? Hanalar, we had some <laughs> ground rules. <laughs> I was gonna say, you were already nodding. Sunny just says from the Ring of Power in the other room, it's not stealing if they invited you there in the first place. To which Fungi responds, I can agree with that. That's what CK says every time he takes some of my things. <laughs> I don't know if Fungi has noticed, but Ig has been slowly, like, reaching up to touch some of the mushrooms Emily, on his Ig head. Fungi has not noticed a single goddamn <laughs> thing in his entire life. <laughs> Ig is pulling on it a little now. And that's when Rock Ryan sees the small little mushroom that's a fossil. <gasps> and we cut away before Fungi fucking dies. 
and we move a higher up on the steps, away from the house, up towards the Wheel of Boz proper. We find ourselves in the main courtyard, so at the top of the steps, and right beneath this giant opening, a few soldiers hit the barrier and fall down and just start clunking like really ineffectual hail on the roof of the city hall. And as we go to the inside of the city hall, we can hear a voice echoing over some speakers, and we hear the last sentence of the speech. And so remember that if this barrier goes down, which it won't, but if it does, they will regret it goes down because we will be here and we will destroy every single one of those things that come through. Because aren't we the best team ever and aren't we going to give them hell? She's expecting a response. <laughs> This man with dark hair and a blonde mustache, which is a very quiet. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I believe your name is Inspector Cecilos. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. That is my name, Angelina Lexington. I'm Inspector Cecilos. I'm from the Kingdom of Alquan, which you are an amazing treasure at, by the way. I've recently been into retirement, but was called out by my good companions who I met at the Prodigious. That was an airship that they collapsed, but that was very good. It was a rotten airship. After all, it was full of confined spaces, and confined spaces like that are likely the breed crime, much like this confined space here, of course. Oh, not to say that any of us would do crimes. I don't know the laws of this place yet, but I don't think they will consider saving the world a crime, right? <laughs> right? Because that's the only crime that we will do today. Oh, you'd be surprised what's considered a crime when a villain does it. And Adrian or the butterfly, complete in their purple majestic garb, is just sitting there suspiciously looking in the corner, not doing anything. They're not doing anything, they're just waiting to be helpful, but they're trying to be suspicious. They like do the finger twirl, but they're only doing it with one hand because they don't want to let go of the cane that they have in the other hand. I very much like your style. Keep it up. Everybody just do what they do, what Adrian does over there. Yes, heroes or villains, it doesn't much matter if we save everyone. That's what I, Hopper Scotch, believe. And over in the corner, Alex, you see it looks a lot like that guy that picked you all up. The one that was like angry, but really weird about it, <laughs> except he's much more chiseled. He's got this nice chiseled physique and he just looks at you and gives you a very charming thumbs up. This is Joe, the shapeshifter. Now, when I first made Joe, it was meant to be like a reference or making fun of the shapeshifting reptilian people control the world <laughs> theory. I've since learned that tracing to the origins of that to now, that is actually an extremely anti-Semitic theory. And so I'm not even really comfortable poking like fun at it just because of its strong ties to that. That means that while Joe can shapeshift, he will never be in a lizard form. His default form will be the only shapeshifting we've seen him as, which is hotter scotch, the sexy chiseled hopper scotch. I can't believe the world has done me like this. <laughs> Now feels as good a time as any to explain the group that Alex is in. 
I originally called her team the Loud Diplomats. I'm going to amend that to Team Fear. We've got Laadrian, or the Butterfly, the villain, Inspector Cecilos, C.K. Jarvis, the robot who studies phobias. His mic-like mouth was what Alex was speaking into the entire time yeah. when she gave the speech. Reference section, that is all the servers. That is the old, really respected person in the wheel. Joe, of course, who strikes fear into the heart of Hallie. And then finally, Ein and Stein. I just want to say like a quick response to Joper, or not to Joper, to Joe. God, don't make this a you thing. You can call him Joper. Why not? That's no, what he you is can't. now. You can't. It's illegal. You'll go to jail. <laughs> Joper, the hotter scotch. Go to jail. Ten years. I, I will call him Joper for the remaining of this. <laughs> Alex's reaction to Joper. Since I assume that Joe has only introduced himself as Hopper Scotch. He definitely has. She will be like, oh, wow, I guess the adrenaline of this whole thing is making me see things a little bit different. Or maybe maybe it's just you, you know, maybe you just uh, glow a little bit better in the, in the light of battle. Uh, but no matter, I'm glad to have you on my team, especially because you will probably be able to guide us more as to what the potential weaknesses of these things are and whatnot. So uh, I'm glad to have you on the team, Hopper. <laughs> Hopper Scotch no. gives you a thumbs up and says, Radio, dude. No. Are we? Stein, are you sure that is Hopper Scotch? He doesn't seem to have the same voice or mannerisms. <laughs> And you hear some sounds from Ein's suit from Stein, and she responds, Well, okay, Stein, but I don't see what his attractiveness has to do with anything. Oh, well, it has to do everything, my dear, dear friend. CK buzzes in, just slaps Stein on the shoulder before pointing to reference section and saying, in fact, reference section, I know you are a cavalcade of information. Please note down this man's new attractiveness. I think it must be noted down just how much improvement one person can have. We will happily do so. We are very interested in humans and the fact that they can so quickly and so organically change their appearance to be more appealing to others is the exact kind of reason why we are so excited that you are all here. <laughs> well, it is it is the adrenaline of battle that would do wonders to people and everybody should follow his example on getting so ready for this battle that their appearance changes <laughs> into something more attractive than their usual self. I, I will say I have I haven't seen you all before. I assume you all, you know, probably even don't realize it, but look even more attractive right now than before this battle. And that's okay. That's the sentiment that we're aiming to have in this prep. Well, my husband says I'm the most attractive man in all of Anquan, so I don't know how that could be improved, but I suppose we are outside of Anquan. I will put on my war mustache. <laughs> and Cecilos takes his blonde mustache, rips it off, and puts on like an angry red mustache instead. I will tell you, sir, that your husband would probably find you a hundred percent times more attractive with that with that mustache, even though he already finds you attractive. So keep up that. I like it. Very red. Very fitting. Cecilosha's cheeks blush to match the red of his mustache. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect sentiment. Also, I do not... I'm a little bit acquainted with all of my um, team here. So what did you say your name was? Is it Ein? Right? And uh, this little fella here is Stein? 
Also, by the way, really nice astronaut suit you have there. It looks it looks very good. Why are we talking about how hot everyone is? Yes, I am Ein, and this very polite AI here is Stein. Nice to meet you. I hope you're also prepared for battle. You, it looks like you really are. Oh, they're fearsome warriors. Almost the most fierce in our family. And CK gets closer to you. You would be terrified to learn about what they can do. <laughs> can, can I can I assume that Alex has heard or knows before the scene that CK like does phobia stuff? Yeah, like it's assumed you've all talked to each other a little bit. So okay, to CK she's gonna be like. And speaking of terrifying, after uh, this battle is done, I have the perfect individual that you can work some phobias about. I have a list here of some of her most uh, most prominent phobias. Uh, the first one is phobia to admit that Alex, which is me, is right, because that is quite a phobia of her. Uh, the second one is phobia of Snapoas. She's just a uh, phobia of admitting that they are correct, and so if you can expose her to more of that that would be fine the third one would be a uh, phobia of commitment because you see i keep trying to give her this ring and she keeps just avoiding it and and trying to say oh you know what i'm gonna give it first to you before you can give it to me and then we have this this little banter here and i think it's just a phobia of commitment or phobia of me doing it first before her so really really if you could help me with those three things point her out to you after this is done. You and I would make a great team about, about this. So CK was very, very excited at first when you said phobias. But as the list went on, you could swear you saw his robot eyes bug out even further. And when you finish the list, CK, for the first time in his life, is afraid. Oh... <laughs> And a CK dies trying to figure out how to navigate whatever the fuck Alex and Madeline have going on. We're going to move out onto Power Stand Street. It's normally just a street that's facing the sea. It's got a bunch of shops, not for buying and selling, but that's not really important now because nobody's populating them. You've got some machines going in, picking up their belongings, putting them back to their homes, you know, getting ready for the impending attack. But really, it's just you, these empty shops, and then these barricades that were artificially put up by Shock because Tom really, really wanted to use his ability. But he can't stop me now from just saying they're chest-high walls. It's a bunch of chest-high walls, <laughs> like it's fucking Gears of War. This gruff man in a mustache is suiting up in this harness with capsules on the side. And Don just, as he's trying to reclamp the Gendarmi vest on him... Don says, with a smile of all things, I didn't think I'd be wearing one of these things again. Funny the kind of stuff you'll do for reckless folk. Aerith, this is where you are, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> She's currently thumbing through one of her books, going over last minute research, see what she can squirrel away for the last couple minutes, and she just kind of absolutely, mm, yeah, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Sorry, did you need help with anything? Well, yes, I could get help with many things. I could get help with dealing with this livestock and a bunch of little blood barms just around past him, being chased by Gabby in her wraith clothes and the psych, being like, get back here, get on back here, we gotta get ready for the war, you gotta all get back here. 
I hated that as soon as I read those things. (laughs) (laughs) You could explain what the hell that is. And the robotic centaur tar just continues cartwheeling around the space before stopping and just like punching all of their hooves out to get ready for the battle. I hated seeing that picture too. (laughs) Or you could help me with a vest. And he points to the vest, which he's struggling to clip because he has eaten well for the first time in a long time. (laughs) And is actually like, he's gotten more muscles and fat because he has nutrition to do that now. Taking care of himself again. Yeah, Yeah, he's taking care of himself. Yeah, Aerith will definitely slam her book shut at that point. She will turn over and do her best to fiddle with and hopefully secure the vest to him. She's extremely distracted and maybe a little bit more distressed than she's ever really been. Not used to situations like this? I've been in combat before, just not to the scale and not with these stakes. Yeah, I can feel that. And he leans back and points to his suit. This, uh, gear here and have a good past or present if you're still unfortunate enough to be in Charmande. Back then, fighting nothing with all the power in the world, and for what? Help the queen keep more power? Ugh. Certainly glad to keep that life behind. Even if now, I actually fight real danger. I understand. I put away criminals in in my past, and now I seek peace with people I'm close with. And she definitely looks off into the distance with like that thousand yard stare at this point (laughs) people I got close with and never expected to and she's obviously terrified of losing them so (laughs) she just doesn't know how to deal with it but at this point she'll kind of snap herself out of it and go how is everyone else getting together are they prepared and she goes into like general mode and takes stock of everybody else what what is everybody else doing besides chasing the blood barms gosh (laughs) yeah so your group is it was originally team buzzkill but i I swapped it around (laughs) rude so you have Don, you have Gabby and the Bloodbarms, the Centaur Tar, Jesse, Everett, and their little Thimble Viola. They're getting ready for something. They seem to be talking to somebody over in the corner. There's June, who is outside of her RV. She's just doing squats and like bending her muscles and you can hear like just popping of all of her bones as she's ready to just be a death ball. Okay, I feel like this is a personal attack against Ellie. I feel like this is very, this is a personal description. And she just does a, ah, 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 practicing her war cry, which actually startles more of the blood barm. She just, out further into other directions. Oh, I hate them. A blood barm actually does hit a wall. It's sacks pop and like 50 different <laughs> tiny blood barms come out of them and they have little <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh gosh. And your final member appears a few seconds after Don looks at you and says, Hey, do I do I know you from somewhere? Could have crossed paths before. I've Because been just the way you speak about this stuff, it, it sounds very familiar. Oh no. Arif Zindal, contextualizer for Jetco. 
year y minus 7 to y minus 5. Contextualizers provide an important role for Jetco. They search out those who act against Jetco's interests, who Jetco brands dangerous. <laughs> they then take the certified Jetco brand pipette, at which point they store information from those dangerous dissidents for further analysis by Jetco. The knowledge of which is uploaded into the database, which is how I know about it. Hi, my name is the incalculable quorum of beneficial outputs, but you can call me Cubo. And this little robot ball, just happy as can all be, rolls up to you, Arab. <laughs> Arab's eyes are like glazed over as she just, uh, Cubo, good, good to meet you. It is good to meet you too. However, Arif, I do need your assistance in updating my relationship matrix. Who was that person you were talking about earlier that you're romantically interested in? <laughs> and we're gonna cut away there. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Two thumbs up. And we cut away as Aerith's soul leaves her body. She just got destroyed. Huh? We're not actually going mm -hmm. to leave yet. We're going to linger and we're going to see Jesse and Everett talking to Zoe, who has Thimble kind of nestled up against her cheek. And Jesse's like, so uh, did you get it all ready? Yeah, I think I got it all ready. I'm going to go get Megan. And we're going to hand them out to everybody right now. And Everett responds. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Are you sure we're going to need them? I, I just, I feel kind of weird using it when, when they're not here anymore. Well, you know, it's, it's one of the things they left behind for us. Like us! And so he nods, and Everett squeezes Jesse's hand and nods, and so he picks up this box of things and runs over and starts handing it out to all of you before racing down to everyone else. And we are going to end in our final spot. We're going to end next to a stash of materials that has been largely removed, which is in turn next to a generator. And standing at the foot of this generator, a woman has her arms crossed and is looking up, saying, Sarah, are you absolutely certain you need to be up there the entire time? I am very anxious. Oh, no, mom. No, no, mom. It's absolutely fine. We fixed this thing up perfectly. And Sarah Brackleberry, who is on the recently discontinued, but more recently continued elevator next to the generator, just slaps it with her arm. And you can see the whole thing just shake violently. And all the little quails that were resting on it flutter up for a second in fear before resting back down on it causing it to like go at a steep incline because they're still whales, they're pretty heavy. And Ray's face just gets whiter as she looks up at her daughter. Ness below the elevator has been patrolling back and forth tin soldier style, doing a little about face and then going back and forth with his small folding chair against his shoulder like a bayonet. And he'll look up at Sarah on the elevator and go, I like your gumption, kid. She just does finger guns at ya, which Chitters takes as a sign to jump on you because she's pointing at you and he just jumps, flies down, gets on top of you and just <laughs> starts scuttering all around. What, 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 why? <laughs> it means he likes you, kid. Well, yeah, everybody likes me. I'm awesome. That's why I'm the lieutenant. I'm your lieutenant. 
Lhasa! And Cart, the frog centaur, the frog tar, salutes you with one of his slimy little hands. I will follow your lead, Lieutenant! Thank you! It's nice to get some respect around here! Absolutely! Then we'll let the archers be Lieutenant. <laughs> because. That depends. First off! The new fancy Tom's fancy house, ever since Tommy Fumbuck died, has like a, a rotating leader thing. So. Okay, look. I just want to know how the power will be fared. Because centralized power is really dangerous for a group thing like this. And he reaches under his newsboy cap and takes out just a few union pamphlets for the new Fancy Tom Fancy Hats employee <laughs> union. Ness will um, look at Cart with like a very puzzled expression and go, I'm sorry, who the fuck are you? <laughs> He's tracking his slime all over the place is what he is. And Kell scutters around with just little rags, cleaning stuff up before eventually realizing, wait a second, this isn't even my job. And even if it was, this is all dirt. Why do I care? And he pockets the things and says, give me one of those pamphlets. I think Horace could learn a thing or two about equal shares of the power in a relationship. Oh, you want a different brochure for that one? And Cart takes out a pamphlet for a man who formerly went back in time to kill you. But now, instead of being assassin, he goes back in time and fixes your relationship. It's an alternative kind of therapy. He's changed so much. This man we've never met. We don't even know his name. <laughs> we don't even know his name, but I'm so happy for him. Yeah, wow. You really turned it around. <laughs> Good for him. All right. All right. Let's get, let's get, let's get back on track. I'm, I'm the lieutenant. For the foreseeable future, because I, because Ness collects himself, stands up marginally straighter and says, I have battlefield experience. And that battlefield experience has gotten you up to a tier three PC. Yeah, that's right. This is Ness's first PC episode. We'll share the whole character sheet in the notes. But Hallie, do you want to give us kind of what's Ness's character sentence? What's some cool things about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ness is officially an impulsive glint who fights dirty. All the fights dirty examples for that focus in the book were things like wrapping somebody up in curtains or tripping them down the stairs or smack talking their mom in the middle of battle. These are all things I envision Ness doing. And so fights dirty is his focus. It fits even better than I thought it would upon first read. My favorite ability, which he gets from Fights Dirty, is Eye Gouge. <laughs> it does what you think it does. To which I said, these things are glass. They don't have eyes, but I will let it work. Do, do, do they have the ability to see? You got me there, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. I knew when I was creating... See, see Squad Force. <laughs> see Force Squad. What am I? I know all about seeing. I was really excited about Ness's abilities and then realized I would be at Kyle's mercy for many of them. A glint, for anybody who doesn't know, is like, it's a talkie class. Like a bard? A little bit like a bard. It's like, what was the sentence I really liked in the book? The wheels of society are glints or something. And I was like, yeah, that's Ness Tuity, the backbone of society. That's that's him. Uh, he has a lot of like distracty talks, like a fast talk. 
when speaking to an intelligent creature who can understand you and isn't hostile, I can convince that creature to take a reasonable action in the next round. Reading that now, I think everybody's going to be hostile, so that's probably not going to be useful for me. We can say you used it on cart. I can use it on cart, but he's got he's got some fun stuff on here. And then his jetpack and his small folding chair that he got at the end of last episode. So that's that's Ness. Oh, his impulsive gives him things, but also an inability in any task involving patience, willpower, or discipline. (laughs) And Ness is with what originally was the League of Tiny Robots, also known as, like... L-O-T-R, which got confusing. (laughs) (laughs) But since that's kind of changed now, we're just going to... It's Team Ness. Team Ness, that's why I'm the lieutenant. Lock Ness. (laughs) And we've seen most of the teams so far. So you have Sarah and Chitters, the Quails... J. Cal, Ray, Cart, who I asked you some PCs you wanted, and you asked for Ray and Cart. I did ask for Cart. <laughs> I took that dude as didn't know what to do with him. You have Zoe, who is not here right now. She's off doing whatever she was talking to Jesse and Everett about. And then finally, you have Shauna. And Shauna is pacing back and forth with this jar that she has. She's moving back and forth. She's looking at it, putting it up to her eye tapping it a bit, shaking it. Ray was very alarmed when Shauna got this jar, but it was agreed she was the best person to have it because inside of this jar is something that Kubo picked up in Last Ark in One Neon Night. I guess Rock Ryan and B have a lot of them too. <sighs> we'll say that Rock Ryan kept his at home, wherever his home is, because inside of this jar is a spider. One of the discontinued glass spiders you saw. Cubo thought it might be helpful to look at, maybe to collaborate with Red's Blessing, and it definitely was, but Shauna still seems really interested in it. Ness will notice the spider, but he he doesn't like it. So he is going to take a step closer and then just moves his little booted foot back and goes, What you got there? Well, my young lieutenant... What we've got is one of those Apocrita spiders. It's very, very interesting. We used it to fix together with Red's Blessing. It has a lot of stuff with it, which is really neat. But what has me wondering is why it hasn't linked up to the cloud yet. Is that something it's supposed to do? Well, yes, normally they link up to the cloud, right? And our barrier is supposed to stop things from coming in from being connected to the cloud. So I theorize... It's not that the barrier stops things from coming in, but whatever is inside of the barrier has some sort of energy that is stopping things from being connected to the cloud. Like all around us, it's probably all of you right now. So we're already doing our jobs. Yeah, well, the generator is doing its its job, obviously, but, but we all helped with that. Okay, okay, okay. So this is, this is, this is like pretend, I know everything, but pretend that I don't for like a second. This is good. Yes, this is very, very good. This means that any part of the Apocrita inside of here can't... Oh, look, it moved. And inside of the jar, you can see the legs of the spider starting to slowly curl. What's it, what's it doing? Somebody, somebody, a nerd, some nerd explain it to me. Oh, well, I'm a lover of science, so I I guess I can explain it. Uh, what this means is... Ah, shit! I think the barrier is starting to lose that Red's blessing artifact I... I think it's starting to run out. And sure enough, you can see that the light on the barrier is starting to fade. The barrier is still there, but as things go through, that light that ignites is less fierce each and every time. 
Ness is furrowing his little eyes, and he'll, like, readjust the ascot warband that is tied around his forehead. How much time do you think we have, Sarah? Well, I'd, uh, I'd say we should probably start getting ready soon. I'm here! I'm here! And Zoe comes in with a box, just... I... I'm here! I made it! And she kind of reads everyone's faces. It's almost time, isn't it? And Ray turns over. She's fiddling with uh, the buttons on her coat a bit. Yes, I... uh, I think it is. Oh! Well, then... I guess it's time we put on all of these. And Zoe opens a box full of supplies she has given to every other group. And inside of it are little pins with two M's on them. The bottom one looks like a mustache for the top one. I- I've been working on these for a while. The, the-, the Moava Mako pins, they should help us stay in touch with everyone else if we... It helps everyone stay in touch. And she hands them out to each of you, including one to you, Ness. Ness will take it, and in an uncharacteristically sober fashion, he'll uh, fiddle with it, then he'll be like, you did a good job on these. These are really cool. And as you put on your pin, Ness, and everyone throughout the wheel puts theirs on, a pair of voices speak to everyone. Hey, hey, everyone. This is, uh, this is me, uh, Jesse. Jesse, sorry, I, I don't think I got to talk to all of you. And this is, uh, this is Everett. Everett, you gotta say something. Oh, uh, hi. Uh, hi, ev- everyone. We just wanted to talk before uh, the, the, the thing, you know. We don't do speeches or, or stuff like that normally, but uh, we hope the pins are working well for all of you. They, they came from very important people, two very, very important people. And that cloud thinks that it can keep them alive forever. But it can't. The the pins, us here, that's what keeps them alive. And so for them, it's very important that we make sure we stay around for them. That was it. Just wanted to tell everyone to try their hardest, do their best. And before the last of the fierce lights finishes, Everett adds one last comment. And everyone, don't forget to do the RSVPs for the concert tomorrow. Um, I expect everyone to be there. And there's a calm as the fighting lights of the barrier finally stop, leaving behind the basic barrier but stopping Red's blessing from keeping the soldiers out. And then, the silence is drowned out by a fierce hail. And I need everyone to roll initiative. Hello, and welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends Episode 79, The Obsidian Cloud Part 6. 
I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro songs are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. We got a pretty short announcement break for you today, and then we'll get right back into the thick of the action. But I wanted to remind anyone who hasn't participated in it yet to please check out the description to this episode and submit your answers for our end of campaign survey. This survey gives us invaluable information about the folks who listen to our show and what things they enjoy. Every field is completely optional, and as a thank you for filling out this survey, not only will you have a spot where you can fill out a Q&A question for our end of campaign Q&A, but you'll also be able to listen to the first couple of episodes of season two early. I mean, when they're still done being made, so it's a ways out, but it will be sooner than it's officially coming out. The survey will be open until 11.59 p.m. Central Time on Friday, September 24th, but don't take that as a sign to wait. If you can fill it out now, I'd really appreciate it if you could. All right, that's all I've got for you today. Our next episode will be releasing on Monday, August 30th, but if you'd like additional content before then, you can find stories, artwork, and behind-the-scenes insights at patreon.com questfriends. I'll see you there. Oh my goodness. Ness is trained in initiative. <laughs> oh, F. I got a rock and 18. Ooh. 17. Final or hopped. Nine. Eight. And then Hallie, what are what are you? Uh, Ness's very first roll was a 20. Ooh, everybody. Start off strong, bro. Yeah, looking good for Ness. Thank you. Better switch from hop to Ness. Fucking yes. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> so the order is Ness, Arif, Alex, Hanalor, Ig. Ness, from up by the generator, that's near the top of the wheel, so you can see this hailstorm of obsidian soldiers falling. Most of them, those Rileman robots, but some of them look like people from Obsidian Bay, from Rhubarb, from when the Apocrypha first attacked many years ago. They fall on the beaches. They fall on top of the city hall. They fall all over, and for a second, they aren't by you. But you can hear their footsteps marching forward. As they're getting closer, everyone gets into position. Sarah turns over from the generator and preps this little axe-throwing arm on her wheelchair. Shauna sets the glass spider down, the little jar, and gets into her ball form. Ray takes this gavel, which you've never seen her have before, and stretches it out to this long sword length. Even the quails seem ready for war. And after a few seconds, the mob comes. What's the first thing Ness does? Well, perhaps luckily for Ness, he is not able to recognize anybody from Strawberry or Rhubarb. Strawberry, that's a town in Reddit Redemption. <laughs> from Rhubarb or from any time before the Prodigious because Shock doesn't tell him anything. That's a lie Shock probably has. But still, if there are any familiar faces in the crowd, he doesn't know them or he just doesn't care. So he is going to like, he's psyching himself up he jogs in place for like a second and he's doing the like <laughs> breathing you do before like a football game. 
And then he's like, regionals! <laughs> and then he's just going to run into the fray. He's going to do it. He's impulsive. He's going to run into the fray with his little chair. All right, give me a roll. What are you going to do? I want to whack as many as I can. All right, give me a roll to whack as many as you can. All right, all right. This is my second roll as PC Ness. Uh, I got six. <laughs> a six? I got six. So we're right back to standard Hallie for the rest of this. You pull out the folding chair and you remember what Ellie told you. Her deep advice, which was whack them as hard as you can. Yeah, that's probably what she told me. And you do and you hit one and the chair just <laughs> reverberates against it for a bit. Obsidian's a pretty weak glass. You underestimated how sturdy these things are. Well, Ness is the strongest creature in existence, so can you believe him? And one of the soldiers turns to look at you, and it reaches its arm back and goes down to hit you. But as it does, you just hear a, Oops, sorry, oh, oh, no, I didn't mean to get there. Oh, sorry. Oh, come now, Shauna, at least be virtuous and, and hearty with your war cries. And Shauna, as a ball, with J. Cal running atop her, <laughs> just slam into that soldier, knocking it and like five ones behind it down like a bowling pin. That's so cute. And you're able to take another swing at somebody. Ten out of ten. Wow. So should I roll again to do that? Uh, yeah. Come on, bud. Okay. Have they weakened, dazed, or stunned any other ones in my immediate vicinity? Yeah, they've ran some over by a bowling pin. There's like a handful in front of you. Yeah. With taking advantage, any attacks against that foe are decreased by one step. It's, it's, you know what? Disregard <laughs> that. I want to use eye gouge. Hell I'm just yeah. going to fucking use eye gouge because I really want to do it. I want to make an attack against a creature with an eye. And I'm going to argue obsidian soldiers have eyes because you said they looked like people. They have like kind of mannequin eyes. But there was a species that was taken over by the Apocrita that's just big frickin' eye as their head. So it's just a humanoid body and then just a big eye as the head. I'm gonna I'm gonna gouge it. Here I go. Alright, give me a roll to gouge. And I'm using one level of effort for this. Eight. You jump up to gouge the eyes and you how do you eye gouge? What's your approach? So Ness is gonna clamber up the body and then he's gonna do it from behind. So he would swing behind the person and then just like thrust his little claw hand into the eye from the shoulder of the thing. You thrust to do that, but you're used to smaller heads. So your arms just get to the sides of this giant eye head, but can't get to the front. (laughs) You severely underestimated. And it reaches back to grab you and and roll me uh, defense. Roll me speed defense. Okay. Going back to taking advantage, everything should be easier for me. This is my defense roll. It's a seven. Oh no. So we are just really waffling in this area. Between <laughs> six and eight. I'm so happy that my 20 was wasted on initiative. The worst skill to have. I don't care what anybody tries to tell me. <laughs> God. It reaches back. It in fact turns its body backwards because the head can just rotate. You've now learned for the species. Oh, good. And picks you up to grab you. No. And then suddenly you just drop like two feet, still held by it. And the eye looks down and sees that the bottom of its torso is missing. And I need you to roll speed defense again. 16. You turn back to see with eyes looking at, and you can see this thing in the distance just (laughs) rotating around like frickin' Thor's hammer, and it starts flying back at you. Ah, and he'll do that cartoon jump where, like, because you're so surprised, you suddenly leap four feet into the air, so he'll leap over the thing as it goes past him. Mm -hmm. 
And as you leap over, the uh, thing comes to a stop, and you just hear Zoe say, Oh, I'm so sorry, Ness. I'll be, I'll be more careful next time. And you can see that she's standing atop of her hoverboard, which has DAC tape all over it, fixing it from the fall off of the prodigious. God bless. And just shards of glass from this series of soldiers. She just cleaved in half with it. God. And so he says, all right, I, I'm going to go take care of the rest of them. And she flies off towards the rest of them. Yeah, so you aren't rolling too well, but it seems like the NPCs are doing pretty well against the soldiers. Good for them. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, good. Congrats to everybody else. But then you hear an explosion of glass. Just a It sounds like an explosion and then implosion. And then another explosion, then implosion from the distance. I'm looking that way. And as you're kind of looking forward, the soldiers around you just shatter as another explosion happens and an implosion occurs. And actually, roll speed defense against this one. I got six. Oh, wait. It might be a nine. In either case, now is when you take damage. Take four damage. Get a switch dice. This is because I thought about it, and I thought doing horde mechanics could be fun, but... You've got a bunch of NPCs. They can handle the horde. You all have something more important to focus on. Ness, you are knocked back by this explosion and you can see all around you shards of glass extend outwards before freezing in place and flying back into a simplistic form hovering in front of you. No. The form of a floating bucket. No. I don't want to fight the bucket. I don't want to fight the bucket. I don't want to fight Dreddy. I don't want to fight Dreddy. Because each group has their own lieutenant. And the lieutenant you're going to fight is Obsidian Treddy. Oh, gosh. Arif, you are in Power Stand Street. You are just a bit away from Ness, actually. So you got the brunt of the soldiers, and they're all going in. Don is deftly handling it. The Gendarmi suit lets him shoot around like Spider-Man. So he shoots at the top and just kind of racking balls his way through a couple of them before shooting out another one and propelling himself towards it to knock it down. This man is very deft with these suits that the Queen of Charmande never let him use. Gabriella has finally gotten the blood barms to calm down, but now they've panicked again. But this is a good thing. She's just kind of letting them run loose as they're... (laughs) And soldiers will just... Punch them in their non-existent faces, and after they do, the sacks pop, and the little tiny blood bombs just crawl up the oh, arm of the soldiers the and get into the vine innards, and just oh. from the inside out, you just hear a blah, blah, as the things are ripped apart from the inside. Do these blood bombs like exponentially explode? Do the chicks also have? <laughs> they do now. That explode. They do now. <laughs> They're just a constant like. Oh. Little Eventually, nano blood barbs. <laughs> in fact, you see one soldier just poof, 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 pounding them into <laughs> dust, and then the microbes get up into its head, which just poof, explodes. I hate it. And I need you to roll roll perception. Roll perception. All right. You just won't see this if you roll badly enough. You, none of that. You will. Have, you get to go back to a time where you didn't experience that. No, she'll only see this. Oh, no. I got fifteen. <laughs> All right, you rolled a 15. Yeah. Roll me speed defense. 
Nope. I got a seven. I see good. I don't move good. Jesse and Everett are really excited. They're like, yeah, Everett has out a frickin' ladle <laughs> and he's just whacking soldiers with his <laughs> cooking ladle. But his eyes widen in horror as we just hear a shing. And Arif, you take eight points of damage. That hurt. That's a lot. Can I transfer that to my shadow using my ability? Would you have pulled out your shadow at this point? Yeah, as soon as she knew something was yeah, up. Yeah, right, Arif has a shadow. So yeah, yeah, your shadow gets that damage. Her superior duplicate for the Numenera nerds. <laughs> Her Peter Pan shadow for the cool people. It's just a naked Peter Pan shadow. <laughs> it's a naked Peter Pan. And I hate that naked is a detail. That <laughs> it's a little bit creepy. <laughs> So that costs her two might to cast, but it has 15 health, so she can give yeah. her shadow. I think, could she split it between the two? Eh, she's just going to give all eight damage to the shadow because <laughs> she can't go down this early. Well, shadow's just like, ugh, but silently. Yeah, the shadow never speaks. It only like... <laughs> Everett's eyes and his mouth just kind of wavers. No, 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 no. Mom? And you turn over and you can see a young vested woman who has skewered her rapier into you. This is Obsidian Mauve. And as soon as you look at her, she jumps back and prepares her sword for battle. Good. And we're going to let you go with this one for a little bit. So what do you want to do? First thing she does is mutter, fuck me, <laughs> looking at Everett, not at her like injury because she's like, crap. So... I want to use push to try to push her further away into the ranks of some of the glass soldiers and maybe like make them all collide and explode and you know. All right. What does push do? You push a creature object in any direction. Must be able to see the target. It's quick, too crude to be manipulated. It's not like a like a magic hand that I can use to push things discreetly. It's just sort of a, a boof. <laughs> And do you want any particular NPC to help you? Otherwise, I will just, by default, I will have them give you an asset on all rolls. Um, anybody but Everett. <laughs> he needs to stay away. <laughs> yeah, so you go to do the push. Give me a roll. Yeah. I rolled a 12. <laughs> Before I decided to use Everett. <laughs> I'm scared. You go to push her. She is just plants her feet down. You hear just a just a screeching as this figure digs in even further. And she pulls out her rapier and she lunges at you. Roll speed defense. Ready to get murdered again? No, God no. That's a five. God, oh. no, God. Why? The sword stabs you in the shoulder for eight points of damage, but. As she does and she gets ready to lunge out again, the obsidian face just kind of shakes a little bit and the bones from June creak as she gets decked in the face for four points of damage by June, who like just cannonballs into her and then rolls over onto the other side and just keeps running off to more soldiers. So something that's going to happen is that characters will give you an asset sometimes. I will also just sometimes independently roll for them to see, do NPCs help you out, do they not? Right. And June rolled very well, so. Good. <laughs> All right, it is your action. Oh, this is where Eros going to go, well, shit. And <laughs> change tactics a little bit. <sighs> okay. 
We're going to try using stasis. Oh. You surround your foe of your size or smaller with scintillating energy, keeping it from moving or acting for one minute as if frozen solid. While in stasis, it's, it's impervious to harm, can't be moved, and is immune to all effects. Okay, yeah. You get an acid automatically from June just decking it in the face. Nice. Because it's starting to reassemble its face together, the subsidian mob. Oh. Cool. We'll do two levels of effort. Plus the asset. That's a one. So I'm, you know, real glad oh, I, I used no! all that on that. Oh, my God. It's perfect it, use. No! Oh, my God. Good thing Cuba mentioned something. At least Egg will know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Aerith's cold, dead body is just laying there. Give <laughs> No. You put the stasis on for a second, and it seems to freeze. You think it works. And as it freezes, you can hear a few footsteps and some shaky, nervous breathing as Everett walks closer to this figure. Jesse, I'm scared I got you. Jesse's off fighting soldiers. They haven't seen this yet. Everett walks a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Can my shadow intervene? Can it, like, just distract him, like, push him away? Just anything. <laughs> Give me a roll. Okay. Just a flat roll right now. Come on, man. I'm doing great at those tonight. 11. 11. Look, Kyle is not going to kill Everett. Probably. Everett reaches closer and closer. And you can see Viola, the thimble, is just kind of pulling at the end of his exclamation point hair, trying to pull him back. No. As he's about to touch the obsidian maw, a sword swings out at him and stabs the shadow, which pushed him out of the way. But after taking the eight points of damage, poofs. Yep, because it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Alex, <sighs> it is hailing thump, 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 on top of the city hall. No one is in yet, but what are you doing to prepare yourself? Well, I mean, I thought about it something, and then I realized it might not work because I forgot that the spiders were actually made of heavy glass because my idea was to prepare a bunch of paper airplanes weapons that then people could just like launch at the spiders if they ever went in to like at least pull them back a little bit. But if there's also people heading towards the door, I would put a couple people in there too, like... I don't know who, like, the chonkiest ones to push the door in. Like, that would be... <laughs> you know hotter scotch. That's sexy, no, sexy don't man. No, got no. so many muscles. No! Why would you say... Stop! You, no. you, you seem to get more abs than I noticed previously, so I think you're pretty strong. So, you can go and... What the fuck, guys? <laughs> and hold the door. Why? And he gives you a thumbs up and walks to the door. And I'm going to say that paper airplane idea. Hold on to that. I'm going to say you prep like paper airplane traps. And like I want like everybody else that isn't Hotter Scott <laughs> and maybe CK, who is probably also kind of chunky. Uh, everybody else should maybe holding one or a couple. And everyone's prepped the door. They're ready. You're waiting. You're waiting. Any moment there's going to be a there's going to be a big push. But instead, there's a jovial knock instead. The door? Yeah. Is there like an eyepiece or something on the door to see if there's actually somebody or if it's like a, hey, I am. Sure, here. yeah, let's, let's go. You go to do the eyepiece and you walk up 
And there's just a little humanoid glass soldier just standing there. No, yeah, that's that's not gonna do. <laughs> just, uh, you know, prep your defenses even more, like barricade stuff. Do you walk away or do you keep looking? Oh no, she walks away. Yeah, you walk away after a few seconds. You know, you know, rule number one that parents teach their kids and one of the key lessons in one of the James and Hopper books is to not open the door for strangers, even if they have really nice knocking. <laughs> so, in this case, even more, we should uh, not open the door for this little thing, little fella here. How do we know they're a stranger? There are a couple of glass soldiers, it sounds like everyone knew. Maybe it's one of them. Yes, but we have established that these glass soldiers are not very friendly, so we don't open the door for strangers or for not friendly individuals. And you can see La Adrian is at the door. What on earth is this fiend doing? I don't know, but we're not going to let them come in. Actually, I might want to do something. I have this ability called unmovable, where I avoid being knocked down, pushed back, or moved against my will as long as I'm upright and able to take action. Oh. So if I like lean against the door yes! next to Joper's cottage, <laughs> this is such an Alex ability too, man. Yeah, you lean against the door with just a thunk. No. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. Not happening, not happening. Everybody keep your paper airplanes at the ready for <laughs> if something from above falls. Roll me a perception. All right. I'm specialized at perception. But I rolled an eight, so I don't know how that well how well that goes. Well, these characters actually have really low stats. So you definitely see this. You see new cracks in the ceiling. One looks like it's been opened by flame. The other looks like it's been opened by gun. And skittering on the ceiling, having snuck in while all of you were distracted by Obsidian Marv standing at the doorway, oh. are five very Western-looking figures. And the five robot miners from Obsidian Bay <laughs> fall onto the ground. Oh, man. All right. Oh, no. What's going to happen to me? Phase's open mouth <laughs> is flapping in the wind as you are driving from Obsidian Soldier to Obsidian Soldier. They're just rising out of the sea like in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my god. How are you taking care of them from inside of the Red Mary? Okay, I think that the steering column is just like a prow, basically. And so I'm all the way in the back so I can swing. I'm just gonna be smacking people over and over again with my wrench, just yeah, yeah. Just clearing heads. Give me a roll for Salad Raptor. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's the he's making. It's a one. No, Olivia, no! What is Salad Raptor serving Olivia, to no! everybody as you're driving around? Martinis! The fierce roar of the speedy speed boys around so you. So many tied, tall, fragile glasses in his little clawed hands on a beautiful silver tray. <laughs> Take my eyes, not Salad Raptor. What is Salad Raptor saying as he's giving things to people, Hallie? And I just want you to cut it off with a scream. It's going to be his final words, Hallie. No, no! <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I'm so upset. I never thought I would be in the position of having to say Salad Raptor. It is. It is. Something else I'm is happening. It's something it. else. Okay. How peaked is your audio right now, Olivia? I don't know. It's your fault. He's serving. <laughs> He's serving little martinis. <laughs> <laughs>
I did not expect this fight to be this fucking brutal. You're a liar. You're lying. What are you talking about? I told you we're squishy. The old raptor's going around and he's saying, he's saying like, I don't know. Shake it, not stop! And his scream is because you hear the platter fall dramatically. And next to it, you see Salad Raptor's severed arm (laughs) with shards of glass next to it that return to their form from the impact. And standing next to a now one-armed Salad Raptor is a large, imposing, muscular figure, Obsidian Sue. And she reaches down and picks up the arm in one hand and the platter in the other and starts marching towards you. What a coincidence. (laughs) I pull back the arm of the Red Mary as if it's like a parking brick. (laughs) The boat comes to a full, complete stop. Horace just sets his cane down and just slides forward a foot (laughs) and then rests back. I'm just going to clobber the life out of this person. Give me a roll. I would be happy to, with a different dice. Okay, that's an 18. Okay, that's an 18. And I want to do things. I want to do things to this person. (laughs) I want to hurt them and teach them a lesson. I want to use Crush. I want to use Crush, please. What does Crush do? Uh, It's a powerful pummeling attack with a bashing weapon. I have to grip my weapon with two hands, no problem. I take a minus one penalty to the attack roll, and I inflict an additional three points of damage. So we're from an 18 to a 15. Did you put in any effort? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm gonna. How many efforts do I have? You have up to three efforts. You can use them to. I want, I'm using one of them. All right. Well, you're very lucky you did. So it's your four wrench plus two for rolling an 18 plus the three minus her armor. How do you hit Obsidian Sue for seven damage? I just bring the wrench up over the back of my head tears welling in my eyes and just chop down. (laughs) Salad son, get down, get under a bench. It just conks in with the fury. You can just see half of the face fly off. Yeah, yeah, made a mistake. You came here to my boat car. You attacked my salad son, messed up. But the glass hits the bottom, it goes near the feet and it rises up from the side of her face, but doesn't go back to the face. It goes to her right hand, and the fist, which was gonna hit you with the arm, instead crunches it, just breaking it in two, and it goes to slam you in the face. Roll me speed defense. 19. How do you dodge it? Make, like, absolute eye contact, staring her (laughs) unsmiling in the face. And just move ever so slightly to the side. You think I can't make another arm? <laughs> Around you as this dramatic end of Metal Gear Solid fist fight is happening. The waves spraying. We see in the background the speedy speed boy just <laughs> running in, slamming things. The uh, big wheeled one, the giant monster truck wheels just <laughs> into the ground next to you, spraying water on top of both of you dramatically as you're allowed to take another action. Oh, you better believe it. Okay, keep it simple. I got another one. How do you go to hit it this time? I was gonna come up from below, so I I don't. What happens, just hurry up. You go up to below, but she's figured out your move. 
and she grabs your arm and tosses you off of the Red Mary into the water before marching towards the wheel. But you put the brake on, right? My hand pops up from the water. (laughs) I already stopped it. Good luck, ya bish. All right, we are in the house. From inside the Ring of Power, you can see Sunny and Myra, one right next to each other. Even though they don't have to fight back to back, they're standing back to back, each muttering things, saying, communicating more than they ever have before. Just like, all right, so we're gonna go here next, then we're gonna do this, ooh, yes, and then we do this. And they seem to be summoning some sort of cloud of their own, which has been shooting out little shards of ice and things, knocking most of the intruders on your doorstep. Rock Ryan has just been standing by the corner like, I don't see why I should care. What's so interesting about these? They're not fossils. And Myra responds, Well, they're not fossils, but they are precious artifacts, which uh, historically are very similar to fossils in, in some ways. But they're not fossils. And B goes, But they are like the spiders that I really liked. Rock Ranch sighs, Ugh. Pulls out a shovel. Fine, but they're not fossils. And he leaps down into the fray. Ig, what are you doing while all this fighting is happening? Ig has been like pumping herself up and giving themselves a pep talk. Oh, you got this. You're gonna do great. You're gonna use your fire, and you're gonna you're gonna punch him with your with your fire hand, and you're gonna be so good. And as you do the little punch, 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 like fake punching, Rock Ryan is hit with a punch or something that sends him flying down to the corner of the house. As this tall, mustached obsidian soldier turns and faces you, and Obsidian Mako lifts up his arm, and the glass in the palm starts to rotate as if a laser beam is charging. <gasps> what are you going to do to fight Obsidian Mako? Um, hello, friend. I like your mustache. <laughs> Roll speed defense. <laughs> I rolled a 19. Was that enough? Yeah, how do you dodge it? Ig just dives out of the way gracelessly, landing in a heap and then immediately scrambling up and like flourishing a little bit. Nailed it. That was a wonderful performance, dear sibling Ig. How dare you, you fiendish fool. You get him. Yeah, Vespari will take an attack. Oh, and he does well. Vespari claps his hands and dust starts to appear from outside of his sleeves and he sends out a few shards which skewer Obsidian Mako for four points of damage. Ig clapped during the whole time, but before Mako can recover, they are going to use... Yeah. Oh, (laughs) actually. (laughs) I can't wait to find out. I assume I would have put up my Shroud of Flame as soon as the yeah, fighting started. Absolutely. Is that fine? Okay. Yeah. You, you, you are on fire. Yeah. Unit 909 is very upset. I'm sorry, Unit 909. <laughs> I would like to use my Fiery Hand of Doom. Okay, what's the Fiery Hand of Doom? 
basically out of my shroud of flame, I can make a fist two times the size of my normal hand. It does the damage of a level three creature, but I don't actually know what that is. We'll just say, what have you done in the past? Do you know? I haven't used it practically. I just wrote graffiti on a school. We'll just default to medium yeah. weapon. We'll say it does four damage. Okay, didn't use it. Uh, and then plus one damage with fire. Okay, so five. Yeah, so Vespari hits it with the shards and says, Ig, you should hit where I hit the shards. I think the body is the weak part. <gasps> You're so smart! <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Alright, give me a roll. Wait, 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 wait. I want to put in two levels of effort. Y yeah. I got an 11. Yeah, so you go, you're like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna hit the body. How do you miss anyway? Oh. How did I miss? <laughs> oh, I put two levels. Ig just... It gets excited, guys. It gets excited. And sometimes when you're really excited, you just go for things. And sometimes it misses. And that's okay because it's the thought that counts. All right. So you shoot it. And then prematurely, it stops. And it just stands in place for a second. And the invisibility esoteri that had been hiding Megan Fishwife disappears. And she's just holding this with her nano powers, like, oh, sorry about that. Thanks for the ball. <laughs> and she fucking chucks it at the face and hits it. The five points of damage <laughs> hit Mako in the face. <laughs> and he flies back. I love Megan. <laughs> All right, we are going to go back up to the first of the turn. Ness, around you, there is more fighting happening. You're seeing more soldiers get knocked down by axes as Sarah's just maniacally laughing. <laughs> just this weird, very excited laughter as axes are just raining down from on high. <laughs> Now, Sarah, I think you're getting a little too excited. Besides, and she grabs her gavel and beheads one of the ones that an axe missed <laughs> and just looks to her daughter with a shitty grin. You did miss one. <laughs> so they're fighting the good fight. Ness, you have uh, Obsidian Treddy. That is your boss. How are you going to fight him? Well, I have this ability called Spot Weakness. So if a creature that I can see, like a bucket directly in front of me, has a special weakness, such as a particular vulnerability to fire, a negative modification to perception, or so on, you know what it is. Ask and the GM will tell you. You eye up this bucket. The inside of a bucket can hold a whole lot of things, and there's not a whole lot this obsidian bucket would want to hold inside of it. Okay, so stuff the bucket. <laughs> I can do that. I would like to take the closest rock and chuck it into the bucket. Give me a roll. All right. 15. Okay, yeah. You grab the next closest thing to you. You just reach and grab it. And you throw it in. You hear a little... <laughs> a little chirping. No, no. And you realize you hadn't grabbed a no. rock. You had grabbed a quail, <gasps> which plops... I touched it, God. ...to the inside of the bucket <laughs> and just... <laughs> chirps really alarmed and that's when you hear a rumbling just as all the other quails nervous for their friend swim through the air and just <laughs> bucket treddy 
for, I'll say, six points of damage. Just do, 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 do. Yes! I'm sorry, Trini. It's down on the ground for a second, and it's actually by your feet, and it's going to swing around and try to knock you over. I'm going to roll speed defense, and it, it just occurred to me that I am trained in speed defense, so I should let you know that. 16! How do you dodge the bucket? I like to think that I just hop over it right before it was going to, like, knock Ness's feet out from under him. So Ness just, like, sees where this is going to go and does, like, a little jump, almost like a jump rope. You just definitely jump over the bucket, which (laughs) spins a little more in place before getting back up into the air again, and you can take an action. Okay. What I would like to do is Ness has his little backpack, right? Yeah. And I have never explicitly said what's in it, but I have always imagined it as having a lot of random shit inside it. Okay. What the specific thing isn't important. I'm not about to argue like I have a machete. (laughs) What I am arguing, however, is that I want to run up and just empty everything I have into Treddy because it worked the first time putting a quail in. And I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm putting as much as I can to weigh it down. Yeah. Give me a roll. Okay. 12. You go and you try to dump everything you can in, but the sides of the bucket is a bit too slippery. It, it's glass, Shoot. and you you try to do it, but you slip and you fall onto the ground. And Treddy, which has a few things inside of it from you, is going to start to reverberate, and it looks like it's about to explode. I need you to roll defense. <laughs> We're gonna roll away. I'm gonna leave that area. Oh, two, two. Treddy explodes, and you take six points of damage. She's in crackers! And as you kind of gain your bearings again, as you're starting to reframe where you are, you notice the bucket isn't where you are. It's headed for the generator. Aerith. Yeah? Things are not going well for you. No. Your shadow is poofed. Yeah. Mauve is there. Yeah. Everett is crying. Yeah. Gabby is screaming, hey, what? No, leave some of them for me. And she's just following the blood barm, just swinging haphazardly with her scythe. She hasn't hit anything yet, but someday she will. <laughs> you also hear a just a robotic neigh as down on the other side of the street. This horse is cartwheeling through a handful of soldiers. <sighs> you, however, are stuck with this boss. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Uh, the first thing she's gonna do, she's gonna, like, tap her little pin for the telepathy thing. Urgency dripping from her voice. Don, Jesse, to me now! And she has to back up because she can't help Everett if she's going to die. And... How do you want Don and Jesse to help you? Mm-hmm. Jesse, do their own thing. And I think I want Don to help me do an onslaught attack. Okay. So they run towards you. Don immediately, seconds later, just whips in like fucking Spider-Man. He hooks into Mob, drags himself towards her. Does the, like, shoulder thing. That's a good suggestion, so it would actually be two steps easier. And so he's grabbing the subsidian soldier with his arms, ready for you to attack with an onslaught. Sick. Oh, that's good. I'm still going to put an effort into it. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight's failures are brought to you by Google Dice, and I rolled a four. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Switch your dice. Don't use Google Dice. I know. It's doing me no favors. Mine are brought to you by Dice Dojo Chicago. (laughs) How does your onslaught manifest itself? 
I would have made this a mind attack this time. Since Don was there, I wouldn't want to accidentally hit him with it. So we enter the mind of the crystal obsidian mauve and attempt to destroy it from the inside. For a second while you try to connect to the mind, you can hear voices. Some stuck in endless limbo, some angry. But the thing that knocks you out isn't all of that. What happens for a second is you almost see clarity in the soldier. And you could swear you hear a voice say, Keep my kids safe. And as the attack recoils, Jesse runs in, Everett, Everett, what's going on, are you? And Everett just points to Mauve. And Jesse frowns. For the first time, they seem angry. Let's use that. (laughs) And they pick up their Santa sack of just oddity shit. Swing it at the soldier. But a second before they can, the soldier snaps out and cuts the sack in two. Roll me speed defense. Me? Yeah. Uh, okay. Can I put effort into a speed defense? You can. I really want to do that because I have a good pool of speed right now that I'm going to just dig right into. Here we go. 13 with one effort. The cutting of the bag, the soldier effortlessly swings it around and turns to hit you in the side era for eight points of damage. Um, okay. I had four points of might left. What happens to the rest of that four? It goes into speed. It goes into speed. Yep. Okay. So you're impaired. So everything is going to cost you one step more if you apply effort. (laughs) Love it. Great news. Love it. Good news, everybody. Please don't kill Arif. All right. What are you going to do? Cry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know what can Cubo do other than cut to your very soul. <laughs> Quickly insult them. She's gonna be like, Cubo, what can you tell us about this? How can we get to it? How can we get through it? In life, Mauve Rodrark was a master of swordsmanship. She was an expert at hitting and parrying, and as such, anyone who tried to directly attack her was bound to fail. However, Mauve was always surprised by the irregular antics of her husband Mako, and it has been noted was always surprised by any action he took, up until the very end. So if you do something that is out of the norm, she will be easier to hit. Okay. Uh, huh. Hmm. Sucks because I can't bring my duplicate back up. Why can't you bring your duplicate? I have no might. Oh. <laughs> I need to spend might to bring yeah, my yeah, duplicate yeah. back up. Ooh, and if there'd be anything unexpected for Arif to do, it would be to run away. So she's going to run away. Yeah. Where are you going to run? I actually don't know the layout, but probably towards the closest ally. Oh. I don't know who that is. And oh. She doesn't know there's oh. a there's an obsidian. Oh. <laughs> The blood bombs get louder and louder, Eric, as you just book it towards them. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to do two rolls. That was the blood bombs. They got 19. (laughs) Gabby got three. It feels right. Blood bombs are unexpected, right? (laughs) As you run away, Obsidian Mauve runs towards you. Don't like it. She ducks under a swing from Gabby, just 
and she starts just running and hacking at the blood barms to get through you, which is Here's the trick about blood barms. It's not that blood barms can't die. It's that they get harder to kill if you try to kill them. <laughs> so she just swings and more and more just splatter on the glass and all over. And she's just, 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 just barraged by these blood bombs. I'm going to say six points of damage. Oh, good. <laughs> and she tries to swing at you. But I'm going to say she is so caught up by the blood bombs that she's not able to. What are you going to do? Oh, gosh. Okay. I have been thinking, and I have ideas. Come on, buddy. And Aref definitely was running through all of her options very quickly. She considered doing some more psychic attack, like an onslaught or a stasis, and figured, no, that didn't work the first time, plus it'd be too predictable. All I know is she's going to call on somebody to do a thing, and they're not going to know what she's talking about, but that's all part of the unpredictability of it. What is, like, in her immediate surroundings? She's on this street. But, like, is there shattered glass? Is there dirt? Can she scoop up a handful of dirt and throw it? No, wait, that's right. I want her to take off her cape and throw it at the Bob glass. And then as she does that, she goes, June, now! And June has no idea what she's talking about, but that's, again, a whole part of it. She's hoping that June Holy shit! will just, like... Improvise something. Yeah, exactly. Just do a thing and make it cool. <laughs> While her cape flutters towards... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me give me a roll for this. It's going to be a lot easier because of the unpredictability. Yep. Mm, effort? No. We're just Google Dice. Come on, Google Dice. Come on. Gave me an 11. Above average. <laughs> oh, let this happen, Kyle. <laughs> Guys, I'm awesome. I think you need to buy real dice. <laughs> unpredictability. I So I didn't mention this. Halves the difficulty. So her normally is seven. We're going to round it down a little bit to a three. Okay. You grab the cape, throw it on her, and she's just distracted by the blow bomb. Her face is covered by this cape, which also has a bunch of tiny blood barms underneath it. Oh, gosh. Good luck getting those those things out. (laughs) I did just make like a... Did all the blood barms get trapped inside the cape and they're just exploding and multiplying? Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And you yell, June, now. Got it! And from a distance, you hear a little... Hi, I'm the incalculable form of beneficial outputs, but you can call me Cubo! And like a fucking baseball, Cubo is thrown at high speeds. Hits Obsidian Mob in the head. Which is thunk. Can we say it's in the heart just yes. because of how Cubo actually functions? This <laughs> is square in the chest. Yeah, in the chest. In the chest. Cubo rolls down as all the glass gently pools down into a pool on the ground. <laughs> Alex, you are positioned at the door. You have Obsidian Marv just politely hanging out, just nicely waiting for you. Unfortunately, these five intruders are not so polite. What are you going to do to handle them? 
Well, I have a gun, so I want to try and take an aim to one of them, and then I want each of the other NPCs other than Doper Scotch, which is also in the door next to me, to bar Marv from coming in. Uh, each of them tackle one of the other uh, the other NPCs. Because I counted, and it's, you know, like each one can go to one of them, and I just have a gun on, one, on the fifth one. She's doing like a fan the hammer! It's so cool! This is amazing! Holy shit! Alright, let me just... Adrian succeeds. <laughs> Cicelo succeeds. She's giving speeches like, yeah, use your advantage on, like, crimes and villainous and, like, <laughs> things like that. Alex is so good at things. This session, <laughs> usually she's not, though. Like, last time she was on fire. <laughs> I think Alex may one-shot this round. <laughs> what? Because literally every single NPC, including reference section, <laughs> succeeded at their roles. You know you have to describe how reference section <laughs> attacked one of these I'm gonna guys. Go, I'm going to go in order. So... The one that was Bill Turing. It's the first aggressive one to run at you. But as it does, it stops. And you can see Le Adrian, the butterfly, standing in front of it. And it swings and misses. And then behind it, another Le Adrian appears. And it swings and misses. And a third. And a fourth. And you can just hear this creepy, echoing voice saying, I don't know what you fiends expected, but I am the butterfly. The most ferocious villain in all the ninth world! And one final one appears, and this Le Adrian takes this staff with fluttering butterfly wings on it, stabs it into the soldier, and tears it apart. Nice. <laughs> yes, yes, be very afraid indeed! It's more fun that way! Coltrane, the one with the barkeep that did the fire breath attack, is trying to do this shard fire breath all around the place at this fluttering cicada. And CK swoops down, grabs it, flies up into the air, and just you hear a... Nice. As the shards hit the ground. I want Alex to scream at that. I hope your fear wasn't falling! <laughs> this is... This is silly. <laughs> Around the room you hear just this angry- <laughs> Dude, you have to warn me before you pull it out. I'm gonna destroy my audio. Instructions being shouted out by Stein. Just like he helps Ayn race, he helps her fight. And based on Stein's instructions, she's just deftly dodging and hitting the obsidian remains of Gayoff the Miner. <laughs> and eventually just conks Gayoff in the face. The remains of Sal the Miner are just standing perplexed by Cicelos, who's just like, I think this is very interesting. I did not know the class could do crime like this. I do not believe that you have the sentience with which to do crime. And so I'm not really sure why you're getting involved in this. And he seems to be talking to the soldier, which is just standing there perplexed. Let me put it in words for you to understand. I, I, I know exactly how I can do this. I know how to communicate. And he picks up a piece of glass from the ground and he just slaps it across his face as a mustache. Oh my God. And just does a eh with the soldier, which is like, oh. <laughs> and then he stabs it. 
and it shatters to the ground. Nice. More mustaches. No mercy. And reference section is just calculating all of these, just like spewing out on the fax machine. An interesting attack. Unorthodox. So much new information. And upon hearing information, the one thing the Apocrypha craves, the last soldier who is going to be your neighbor, Gus the shopkeep, takes his dual pistols, stops, and still facing you, turns to reference section, almost as if to take a new target. And reference section's role means that he will be distracted as you... Shoot it. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) let's do it. It's a 17. How do you do Alexander Hamilton's (laughs) duel and win? (laughs) Well, the thing is that, like, she has her little side pocket and she takes her glasses and puts them on because obviously that's the thing that needed. Why, if not to take deadly aim? And so she does it and, like, just looks at the little... I don't know. I don't know how to shoot, but I guess you also can aim with, like, little... Looking through the thing of the gun <laughs> with closing yeah, one yeah, eye. The, the, the sights. <laughs> yeah, the sight. The sight. Yeah, she does that. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton just murdered the crap out of Aaron Burr. And and she's like, oh, two words. Game over. And then she, as she fires, she also fires at paper airplane that says game <laughs> over at the soldier as well. <laughs> You just had it prepared. Yeah, she had it prepared. She has obviously. (laughs) Why not? She also has one that says, obviously, why not? Obviously, why not? It's her second one. If anybody's like, oh, she had it prepared, it just comes right after the game over. Well, moving on to Hannah Lore, I fucking guess, because you're still in front of the door, so... I'm not not moving. I think it's going to be like, Marvis is going to be waiting there the entire time and then not do anything again. He's a patient lad. He's a patient man. All right, we are going to move back to the ocean. Okay. Where a fierce fight is happening on the sea. And Jimmy Wynn, don't hold back, speedy speed boys, take on all the heels. And his flaming convertible is just driving into a few enemies. There's this biplane with six skis that's just cutting them down. The giant Tommy Funbuck float, like a freaking Godzilla, is just stomping down multiple enemies which fly into the air. And over where you are... Obsidian Sue is trying to start the Red Mary and failing and just dush, dush, hits on the dash and is still failing to work. Next to her horse is like, I don't think it's turned on. <laughs> Horace, you? No, I don't believe that's how it works either. <laughs> that's fine. Keep heckling. I'm going to crawl back on board the Big Red Maria. And can I like gather some of the craves like in my hand? And then just come up and just punch. Yeah, you climb up and the craves, I was going to say, were on top of you already. There's just these tiny little clumps of crabs. Some of them have knives. <laughs> I don't know how. Hell yeah. And you grab them and you all clump them in your hand. And I'm going to say thanks to Horace, who Horace like looks at you and he can't wink because he has an immovable face. But he takes a staff and just this little nod towards you. Very cool. 
and keeps talking to the Obsidian Sue, so distracting her, so making her easier to hit. Okay, awesome. I'm punching, and I have no need for weapons, so when I make an unarmed attack, it counts as a medium weapon. Okay. Okay. I'll say the Craves do one extra point of damage. Sick. Time to punch. Twelve. You go to punch. And uh, can I instead at least just like touch and place the craves? If it's no damage, can I at least make like a land bridge for the little crustaceans to be crawling all over? Yeah, you go to punch and you're like, I can't punch with these craves in my hand. What if they get hurt? <laughs> that, that one's wearing a tiny beret. <laughs> so Obsidian Sue just slowly turns around to see you with your. F- your fist right there, which you've turned into a middle finger, as you did on the camera. <laughs> and roll me speed defense. She's going to try to hit you. No problem. Ah! There's no way! It's a one! No! Oh, no. I'm rolling. I've, it's, it's, it's three different. It's been three different dice. I think I just passed my bad rolls as Alex to everybody it's else. It's okay. It's worth it. You're doing really well. <laughs> I'm really, I'm, no, I'm, I'm proud of you. It's, it's true. Just tell me what happens, man. What's up? She turns around. <laughs> And you get knocked off the boat again. (laughs) But this time, as you fly out, you hear this rock music play. And you fall into the seat of Jimmy Wynn's convertible. (laughs) And he looks at you and says, Hey there, Analog. Jimmy. Actually needed a navigator. This perfect timing. Fantastic. I was just about to stick out my thumb. You have Jimmy Wynn, you are in his car, you now can use that to attack Obsidian Sue, who is unsuccessfully trying to get the Craves off of her. Sick. The Craves, you can see, are just dink, 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 they're just stabbing at her with their little claws. She's glowing up brightly, so she takes one point of damage from them. Okay. What I really want to do with uh, the Red Mary is to psychically tell her to like grab on to all of my allies' feet or like forms a seatbelt around those of them that are sitting. And then I'm going to order her to roll so that Obsidian Sue falls out and sinks to the bottom of the sea. Okay. Um, yeah, I rolled a 15. She does that. So I'm like, fump, fump, fump. Huh? What's happening? What's happening? Faze is very confused. You're a good boy. You're a good boy, Faze. <laughs> You're good. Well, no, you have the pin, so he just hears, You're a good boy, Faze. Ha, 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 ha. I'm a good boy. You're I'm good a good boy. boy. Okay, okay. You're good. Okay. Horace is just still chilling there, and Jebediah just somberly, Captain goes down with the ship. I imagine he's <laughs> fallen asleep at this point, like taking a nap in the sun. And the ship turns over and knocks Obsidian Sue into the water. <laughs> But she's still tall enough that she can poke out. So what do you want to do? Are, are you going to do hit and run? Are you going to do like a mailbox thing, but with your wrench? <laughs> yeah, let's do the mailbox thing with the wrench. I'm going to turn to Jimmy and say, punch it. And then I'm just going to try to clobber her with my wrench. Uh, I'm going to apply effort to it before we even begin. <sighs> Who is scared? Not me. 18? 18? Ah! Jimmy drives, he revs in, just vroom, vroom, because he can't slow down, because again, he's driving on water. You handle or go in, you take the song, you just crank it up. You grab your wrench, and Obsidian Sue's head breaks off as the rest of her body turns into glass and rests on the floor. You come to my ship? You come to my ship? And you mess around? No, 
that's what happens. That's what happens. Salad Raptor right here. <laughs> then Jimmy's going to drive me past so I can high speed Salad Raptor high five. <laughs> Ow. We move over to Ig. More conflict is happening. Unit 909 has continued to try the clean, but is getting very frustrated. Just like, please do not interrupt my cleaning. I am meant to clean this area. Fine. And suddenly all of their arms, which were cleaning supply, shift. The broom just gets knocked off into a sharp end. <laughs> a ship. A chainsaw for wood comes out and and Unit 99 just spins through a handful of enemies. Can they pour, like, a bottle of bleach into a bottle of ammonia? (laughs) (laughs) Which should be terrible for everyone around them, but Fungi just lifts it up. Hmm, interesting. He sticks his finger in, takes a little taste. <laughs> and all of the toads that scream inside of his head suddenly come to the forefront as he just charges out swinging at them. Oh, dear. Okay, okay, okay. No, I'm good at things. Yes, yes. I am the incredible Igneous Artiste of Astaria, and I am good at things. Even when I don't do stuff right, then, then, then I do it right later. And hyping themselves up, Ig, still on fire, will whip around to face their brother. Brother, throw me! Throw you? Yes, I, I, I've thought this through really closely, and I think that if you put your dust on your hands, I will not burn you, and you can take my foot and push me forward and throw me into the enemies, and then I'll win! Ingenious thinking as always! You are always the better sibling! And the dust goes up on Vespari's hand, forming giant, like, oven mitts. (laughs) And he grabs you and throws you at the enemy, so you get an asset on this. Give me a roll. Come on, come on. (laughs) I'm gonna put in two levels of effort again. I'm still on fire, which does extra damage. a major effect or do you want to do four extra points of damage oh my gosh oh my gosh i should probably do four extra points of damage you fly at him and you notice that the armor almost as if responding to the previous attack has made this kind of fireproof vest and so the original four points of damage don't hit it seems like that attack he is now impervious to But then you just start scrambling all over him. (laughs) And the remaining points of damage just... Just fire all over him as more and more pieces of this armor come to protect against this specific attack. But unfortunately for him, fortunately for you, you hit enough points that you were able to do, in the end, the six points of damage. Yeah, they're just scrabbling around, trying to hold on as long as they can. Like, And as you're scrabbling, he goes to attack you. Roll me speed defense. Come on. I rolled good once. I did not roll as good this time. So how many points would he do if I rolled a three? You're scrambling. The spy's like, yes, Ig, yes, get him! And you go after the hand, and you're like, oh yeah, let's just go here next. 
and it whirs again. And out of the pole, no. just a shard, almost a laser beam of glass shard shoots out and knocks you back for six points of damage. Oh. Ow. What is your next action going to be? Um... <laughs> I want an NPC to come save me. <laughs> Brother. I need help. Brother. <laughs> uppy, uppy, uppy. <laughs> I want to give other NPCs some love, but I would like to say that Vespari can come and help Ig up. Vesp- if that's okay. Yeah, Vespari comes up, you up. Ig, is everything all right? Uh, I did it mostly good. It was just at the end there. Ooh, is everything all right out there? And Obsidian Mako, who had been approaching you, upon hearing Sunny's voice, turns instead to the room where she, Myra, and the Ring of Power are, and lifts up his arm and successfully launches a shot into Myra, who isn't down but recoils a bit from it, and all of the spell surrounding you, the cloud surrounding and protecting the house, disappears. So Ig is kind of panicking. Their eyes are going wide. F- fire doesn't work. Um, that's kind of my thing. That's like, fire, fire always works. And so when it doesn't work, I, I, it doesn't work. Ig, Ig, sibling, Ig. And Vespari just looks at you. Are you just the Igneous? Or are you the incredible Igneous Artiste of Astaria? You are not just one word, you are three words on top of that one word. (laughs) So what will the incredible Artiste of Astaria do? I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Not Igneous! Exactly! I'm gonna Artiste! (laughs) And Ig... Still doesn't know what to do. <laughs> but is brave. But she's she's really motivated. And Iggy's gonna look around her. Okay, okay, okay. R- R- Rock Ryan. Uh, there might, he there might, in from outside. There might be a fossil inside the head. <laughs> Everyone else, go! And as Ig calls to arms her companions. She is going to once again launch herself at Mako. But this time, she pulls out her single weapon, her bent conductor's baton. (laughs) Roll me to hit. Okay, okay, okay. Come on, come on. And I will say you have a fair bit of assets. You have an asset from Vespari, Megan, Unit 909, and Fungi. So you have four assets. I would like to put an effort. How much effort? I'm going to do one effort. Okay. You have four assets from Mm -hmm. all the NPCs. You have one level of effort. You have to roll a three or higher. Okay. Pray for me. Pray for me. You got it. You got it. Oh, I rolled a 10. (laughs) Woo! I rolled a 10. Zah! So, this is how it happens. Unit 909 appears with their chainsaw, their claw, their broken off end of a broom, and just starts spinning, just battering into Mako. 
and Mako stumbles forward a bit and trips on an invisible force. Like a prank, Megan has invisibly just set herself down there, causing him to trip over. When he trips over, he falls into Fungi's hand and he just throws Mako back into a series of silver chains that have been prepared by Vespari. How do you launch it and hit him? So Ig, once again, has not fully thought this through, but they grasp the conductor's baton and just smash it into him. And this would have done absolutely no damage had he not been hit repeatedly by a bunch of other things because this is a bent conductor's baton. And one thing that Ig knows is that this is the last hurrah for their conductor's baton. There's no going back from this, but she knows that it's time for it to actually do something. And it stabs into the head of Obsidian Mako, which looks down. I am the incredible igneous artiste of Astaria, and I have lots of skills. But then after a second, because it still has one health. What? No, this was so good. This was so good, Kyle. The Mako raises its head and starts responding to everything. The baton bends even further. It rips itself off of the chains with newfound strength, marches towards you, and... Why were there so many rolls? Still so many, actually. It's still going. Bonk! Whiff, whiff, whiff! Bonk, bonk! Rock Ryan comes out swinging with his shovel and just slams it against Mako, just screaming, Where are my fossils? <laughs> and with the final hit, it sh- well, it dies in the first hit. So scary. But it shatters with the final one. And Rock Ryan immediately just starts, he gets on his knees and starts rooting through it, looking for fossils while B on his shoulder inquisitively just starts picking up and placing shards of the glass in his beard for safekeeping. I love B so much. I don't think you understand. (laughs) So, Aerith, with a lot of effort but some ingenuity, defeated her soldier. Alex absolutely trounced on hers. I mean, he's still outside, but he's kind of useless. <laughs> Hanalore, with the aid of the Speedy Speed Boys and a national felony, <laughs> was able to destroy Obsidian Sue, and Ig learned that they're not just all fire. Oh. But those aren't all the fights happening right now. Ness, last we were with you, Treddy was racing towards the generator, and Obsidian Treddy is still making his way there. Bad news for Obsidian Treddy. Ness has a jetpack, so Ness is gonna turn that on and just barrel into him. I'm putting in effort to hit. Would that be speed? Yeah. Okay. Here goes Ness. Da 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 da! I got six. Ellie, are you sure your dice aren't weighted? You got six. Emily! You got six. No! Like, that's like, I'm not sure of anything. <laughs> we all know how my dice are. So this one goes over there. <laughs> You go to grab Obsidian Treddy, and when you grab onto him, it just flips over, further catapulting you, and you kind of skid across the ground a little bit. You hear a little tinkling of glass, and then you slam against the wall. 
This is a disgrace. <laughs> Freddy, seeing you, is going to try to slam into roll me speed defense. I'm trained in that. 17. Not a six. Ooh. Not a six, yeah. How do, you, how do you dodge him as he goes towards you? All right, so Ness is grumbling about how this is a disgrace. Like, God, this bucket in the, on the jetpack, why is it working? And then over his mumbling, he hears, like, waffle! Uh, so then he turns over to see what that annoying sound was. And then he does another one of those, like, ah! Cartoon things where you splay out all four limbs and then jump over the thing that was going to attack you. This is the second time he's done that to Treddy. He can also flex. As you're mid-air, you're able to make your attack on Treddy. What do you do? Uh, I have, I have, as part of Ness's fight sturdy focus, he got an extra weapon that is easily concealed. I have chosen this weapon to be a yo-yo. Flaming yo-yo. It's a flaming yo-yo. Uh, yeah, because I also got a vial of poison, but I was like, that's not really Ness's style. So I asked for this to be some kind of vial of fire so that I can put it on the yo-yo. <laughs> and so that yo-yo could be a flame when I used it so that Ness could finally live up to his birthright and do a PK fire. But uh, Trenny has a handle because he's a bucket. I would like to wrap my yo-yo around the handle oh. and then yank him back. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Give me a roll for that. I am putting two levels of effort into this roll. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Good call. 20. <gasps> Woo! Fuck effort, man. Pick a fire. Yeah, you're, do you want to do extra damage or a major effect? I don't know what effect I would want because regardless of major effect or not, he's now entwined in my yo-yo, which was my primary goal. So let's go for extra damage. Okay. Yeah, describe how you just clobber this boy. Okay, okay. Let's say that Ness is off screen when this happens. Treddy, he missed, but like, whatever. He's going about his way. He's going to the generator. That's his goal. And then from off screen, not just the one yo-yo, but like several come bonking out. And then it stuns Treddy enough that he like can't move. And then there's like a pause. They were coming at very regular intervals, but there's a pause and Treddy thinks he's safe. But no, the final (laughs) one comes out and it winds around his bucket handle and then it yanks him back. And Ness goes, you're not allowed over there. Yeah, and the bucket gets thoroughly trashed, losing half of his health. Yes! God! Ness, you're doing it! You're doing it, Ness! And Treddy floats there. It kind of faces up towards the generator, faces down towards you. And for its action, it speeds away. <gasps> We've been through this. No, you aren't allowed over there. Not towards the generator. It oh. races away from you and the generator. Interesting. As it does, a few axes hit the ground after it. <laughs> and you can hear Sarah from up top say... Yeah, and don't come back! Ness does a fist bump in the air (laughs) for Sarah. And as you go give a fist bump to Sarah, she looks down at you, gives you a thumbs up with a big smile. Adorable. Just great job, kid. And that's when the generator explodes. Oh! Somebody's going to die. Okay, cool. We were all feeling good for like three seconds, but thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. That's cool. I want a mini series. Don and Arif. Sure. At a bar. <laughs> <laughs>
buddy ex cops. But they're both like the jaded, grizzled partner in the buddy cop drama. Yeah, I want it. There is no buddy. I'm driving the boat with one hand and I'm holding a cocktail like I'm a dad on a lake. <laughs> I just want to state for the record that even in the Big Red Maria form, there is a burn on one of the benches that Ig definitely did. <laughs> Ig didn't do it. You can't prove it. You were so close to writing out your name. You were doing with your fingernail. You were doing that like wood burning thing. Uh, Hanalor checking in. Hanalor checking in. Arif, have you stolen anything? I have not, but I hear you loud and clear. Okay. Uh, Alex check, uh, checking in. Have you stolen anything? No, but I am ready to steal the lives of our enemies. And all of you should as well. All right. That's great. She's going to like start to do the speech F and then she's probably going <laughs> to cut off. <laughs> Last but never least, my sweet egg. How you doing? Doing great. Stealing anything? Well, Sunny said it was okay. <laughs> and you hear another voice over the speaker say, Ig, I noticed, Arif, that there was a change in your complexion when that voice appeared. Updating my relationship matrix. <laughs> Who is that? Who's saying that? <laughs> Hi, I'm the incalculable form of beneficial outputs, but you can call me Cubo. What's a relationship matrix? And how do I get on lots of them? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... You're too young. Don't listen to Sunny about anything. You listen to Handler, you trust Handler. <laughs> I think that was the thing I said right after stealing. Don't listen to anything anyone else tells you. Remember what Handler tells you. Always circle back. What did Handler say? Hey, really quick question, and I do request we edit this out. Are we tier three or tier four? You're tier three. Super duper. I ask because as a, a person who could speak with machines, at tier four, I get a machine companion. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I already have one. Salad Raptor. <laughs> oh my God, he's wearing my shirt. He, okay, I totally play in Handler's outfit. We don't need to take up time for it, but he is wearing like one of Handler's like Hawaiian shirts stretched horribly over his brain. Olivia, you're a fucking blessing for post-credits material. I hope you know this. <laughs> I only have extra nonsense. I contribute almost nothing. I'm peaking constantly. I have no idea what level I am. You are the Cubo of role players. <laughs> also, Olivia, you don't just have three uses of effort. That means you can use uh, one, two, or three effort at any time. Oh! And the higher level efforts cost more. But they give you more. Are these the points you were talking? Are these the points you were talking? Yeah, about? they they cost from your pool. And I have a number of those. Yeah, something like fifty four. <laughs> you do. I I don't think you have fifty four. Fifty four. Fifty four. Between all of them, it. Does. I guess yeah. And so I will mark down that I have fifty four. Well, there you have them in each Thank of your you, pools. Thank you, Kyle, for your generosity in this moment. <laughs> I'm just going to put three levels of effort to everything I do. Tie my shoes. Oh, I wanted to say here, here. I have something to talk about while you're doing that. I do have 54 <laughs> points. I looked it up. Eric has 50. I'm unstoppable. Top of the world. And I would like you to apologize. Everyone who doubted me. I, I, I didn't doubt that you have 54. Just 54 levels of effort oh <laughs> yeah we just doubted how you were going to use them i do have the 54 is real <laughs> and i don't know how to use them but i'm still confident and proud i'm happy for you i love ari before we started 
yeah, I'd like some steaks. I'd be okay with Alex dying. At this rate, Alex will be the only one alive at the end yeah. of this episode. God, I'm so sorry. We went to I met I went to a PTA meeting, man. Well, luckily you don't have any child to worry about. No, just my precious son, my sweet baby boy. This was the combat. I was like, I wonder how this will go. I wonder how this will go for Ari. I wonder how she'll she'll manage having so many random enemies to fight. And the answer like, is... I had all of the NPCs. <laughs> oh, you didn't know about the unmovable thing I had. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't. I skimmed the no. character sheets. I was like, I'm it's sure like, that'll be fine. It's also like the, for some reason, the font is the bigger one on that move. Like, it's just unmovable and it's so big. I don't know why. And yet you didn't see you, it. What's also so Meanwhile, funny is you opened the door. Like you peeked to look and see at this person. You're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> <They're not good. laughs> nah, I'm not gonna deal with that. He's leaning next to Joe Perscott, no. like passing a cigarette. <laughs> Close quarters. He like does that like Tom and Jerry thing where he's like lighting one and it's flying up in the air. So cool. No, no, it's not. Hopperscotch does not approve his He's having a lot of, of deep conversations with Joe Perscott <laughs> about, about his past and just Learning a lot of things from him, which are completely wrong. <laughs> and Hopper will have to do it. <laughs> you know, think it, you know Hopper's got his history. <laughs> get, get over, Charlotte N. There's a new competitor for Madeline Jeffer James. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I mean, I guess it came across like that. It's fine. No, it's fine. No, <laughs> I guess. I was trying to to think of like if if Alex is based on female Alexander Hamilton. I was like, well, which one is the Lawrence? Because I guess the other ones like whatever. Lawrence. And I was like, yeah, like <laughs> I was like, I need I need one of them. And I was like, oh, now now I know it's Joper. That's the one. That's absolutely fine. I was primed to make that joke from the beginning because I really wanted to make a joke early on. Like, you know, you never know what Sarah saw in that Hopper Scotch guy. He was never that, like, appealing. Now you kind of get it, at least. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She, she gets it. She's like, all right, that's... You're not into him, but, like, you get it now. Just leaning pretty slick, looking into the door next to Joper Scotch, which is not a bad, a bad situation <laughs> to be in. Just, like, next to, like, a very I attractive man. <laughs> Joper Scotch. <laughs> This is this is the worst. I hate every Scotch. F no F A U X. <laughs> just think every time I hear something about this false hopper scotch, it makes me laugh. Okay, wait, but do Olivia and Cassidy know his ship name? No, don't. I fortunately do. Oh no, don't say it. It's the best. Don't say it. <laughs> it's Chopper, right? It is Chopper. Well, that's one of them. It's Joppa, but <laughs> there's also Hoppelganger. <laughs> oh, that's yes. Forgot Hoppelganger. Yeah, there's like, it's a really good name, and it's it's the, a good joke. It's a great joke. Even makes me upset. What's a poly ship between Hopper, Hopscotch, and 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 Joe as Sexy Hop called? Don't that three way ship. Mm. Joppelganger. That's the only answer. Jops. I don't know. Hopskayevsky, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like some kind of hopperscotch joke. Simon like and the Chipmunks. Like pun with menage a trois. No. Simage a trois. <laughs> Scotch a trois. <laughs> <laughs> 